Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Cheryl Lynn, welcome to The Career Musician. She used to be a signed artist, and I'm going to let her tell that story, but then she reinvented herself, became an independent artist. She really did the work, became self-educated, reframed it, and now has found much success in the independent world as an artist, but also coaching other artists on how to properly release music like a pro. Thank you so much. I'm stoked to be here, Nomad. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I just found out a little bit about Sherilyn. So you're up on the West Coast of California, the Central Coast, you call it. Yeah, I'm like halfway between LA and San Francisco on the Central Coast and a little beach town called Cayucas that most people have not heard of, but you should definitely come check it out. It sounds really dreamy. Yeah. I really want the listeners to understand what it was like to be a signed artist first. If you don't mind, can we start there? Yeah, I started writing songs super young, first of all. So I started writing songs at like five and six years old. When I graduated high school, I was in kind of the Christian music world. And so I ended up sending some songs in and I ended up getting signed with this little Christian label. And so I spent most of my 20s touring in the Christian music scene, doing conferences, music festivals. Even I get sent out to do something and I was doing stuff all over the world, which was exciting. I got to tour in Australia and just, there were so many fun things. And I was so blessed to have a season to really cut my teeth as an artist and played my songs all over the world. It was awesome. That's incredible. So what was the label called? Back then it was Vineyard Music and they now go by Vineyard Worship. Now, the fact that you were a teenager, late teens into your early 20s, and you got to travel the world doing what you love, singing Mm -hmm. and performing music. Again, that's, I want to park there just for a second because that's powerful. That's what most people who want to be an artist dream of. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that experience. It had to be surreal when they said, okay, you're going to go on tour. You're going to go to Australia. You're going to go here. You're going to go there. Dive into that a little bit more. I definitely felt like I was in way over my head. I was so young. I was so green. I had no idea what I was doing. I remember being sent to the like the GMA week before the Dev Awards. And I was just going to shadow one of the other artists who was there. And they had me like do a showcase with all these executives. And I just, I was fumbling over my words between songs. I didn't know how to be cool. Just be cool. So I would say it was, I definitely felt 
like out of my depth and I had so much to learn, but it was a really great learning experience. I did in a lot of ways feel like I was living my dream almost to the point where I didn't, it was hard to grasp what was happening. Again, I was surrounded by a wonderful team, a lot of great mentors, people who took really good care of me and showed me the path. Yeah. And that's the reason why I asked, because if, again, any listeners out there, if you're young and you find yourself in that and you're inexperienced and you're not really sure what to do, you need to really find a good mentor who can walk you through mm -hmm. the process. Now, whether that's a family member or a dear friend, that's cool. I would recommend a professional who's been down that road if possible. So with that being said, let me ask you this. If you could go back and tell your 20 year old self Cheryl Lynn something mm -hmm. about that process, give her some advice, what would it be? I think it would be to really enjoy it more and to be myself more and not worry about the artists you say in the showcase before me and how I compared to them. And they had this really cool setup they had, but just learning how to really be who I am. Cause I know that's something I've had to grow into over many years is not comparing myself to others or trying to be anyone else. And it, like loving myself for the gift that I bring to the table and not being afraid to just be who I am. That's excellent. My wife always says comparison is the thief of all joy. Yeah. She reminds me that we remind each other just as humans. And that's why I wanted to create this community because we all have to lift one another up and remind one another, Hey, don't compare really just focus on who you are, right? And find your unique <laughs> voice. Absolutely. It's so and important. As cliche as it sounds, it really is like super uber true, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So give us a little bit of insight as to what happened next, because here's the part. <laughs> here's the part that's really crucial. You have an artist mm -hmm. who's signed, okay? And whether it's an indie label, mid-size label, or a full-blown major, it doesn't really matter. You have a signed artist with a team. Mm -hmm who's yep. working and touring. And then somewhere <laughs> bump in the road comes along. Now this artist is no longer signed. Now that could be hugely disparaging to someone who's just, I mean, it could crush you. So tell us about that experience. What was that like? Yeah, absolutely. So really just as my career was starting to lift off, I was like, this is back and we're talking 2008. So I have Christianity Today naming me one of the top worship albums of the year, like starting to get some radio play, just starting to just pick up. And honestly, something happened in my life and my husband exited our marriage. And that really changed the landscape of life for me in so many ways. And it ended up affecting my music career. And which was like, I could have just been in the towel then and been like, I'm done. And there were moments that I thought about that, like just being like, this is too hard. How am I going to rebuild my career office? But I still felt called to the music thing. Like it was just a part of who I am, how I'm wired, how I'm created. Like I couldn't let it go. So I was like, okay, I just have to reinvent myself as an independent artist. And I have to figure out how to handle my own publishing, my own tours, my own merch, my all the things the label was doing for me. Now I had to learn how to navigate that all by myself. So where did you start? Because that's quite a plateful. That's for sure. I had to really go, what are my goals? And I knew for me that I still wanted to do a lot of the same things that I was doing. I loved doing events. I did a lot of like youth events, women's events, conferences, festivals, things like that. So I just started putting together like an electronic press kit, kind of an idea. And I was to start to reach out. 
So I started to just book my own events. That's really where I began of just doing my own outreach to get some stuff on the calendar to build some revenue that could allow me to pour that back into being able to record some more music, being able to start to have some video content, like all the things an artist needs to start to do to build your online resume of what you're doing. So yeah, I started by booking a lot of live events learning how to build some revenue on my own. I started creating t-shirts and stickers and I just figured it out the hard way. I would go and research different sites and I'd find local vendors. And I just was like, okay, if I'm really going to do this, I have to invest in myself, kind of put, make those painful purchases that are like, this is an investment to buy a big stack of stickers or to buy a big batch of t-shirts. Now they have all these sites where you don't even necessarily have to have inventory up front, which is great, but that wasn't as popular back then. Having to learn that I needed to invest something in myself to see a return. And so really had to take some big risks, but I started a small business in the state of Georgia at the time. And I really learned how to navigate sales tax and all those crazy things that come along with being an independent. Okay. We have to distill that down because there's so much, so much work there. And what happens is I find the human spirit can get overwhelmed quite easily, especially mm -hmm. when there's actually, you're talking about six or seven different jobs that were thrown yeah. onto you at once, right? And yeah. artists, this is what we deal with. So how do you distill it down into a plan of attack? I'm a big POA guy, plan of attack, right? Or SE, standard operating procedures, what do you want to call it? I have to put it into some kind of enumerated or chronological step-by-step -step task agenda. Yes. Let's exactly. Dig, yeah. <laughs> so let's <laughs> dig down deep just for a second. I want to get in when yeah. you're at the bottom and you're like holy cow my, my <laughs> marriage didn't work out yeah my label dropped me i had to figure this out but i also mm -hmm. have to make money my mm -hmm. first question is were you working a regular job while you were doing all that research and infrastructure preparation not initially okay in different seasons i have but at the time i was still like i'm full-time artist i was going after it full-time because i when i had been on the label i was doing it full-time so it's trying to continue that to just stay okay. in that okay i'm just gonna go after this full-time so i probably did it like backwards from a lot of people but you i was were, just trying to like, you were using that momentum that you had basically yes yeah. I was trying to sustain what I had and keep it rolling. But I ended up over time realizing like, oh, it might help if I taught some music lessons or did some other things while I'm at home between dates on the road to help bring in that other streams of revenue. And so I started to kind of build my streams of revenue in multiple ways. So I wasn't all of it on just my solo artist. Right. So you said the magic phrase, mobile income streams. Uh, yeah. And when you're an artist, especially these days, it's in, in, it's imperative to have mobile income streams. The label, was the label doing the publishing administration for you? Or did you have a publishing company? Or did you have a publishing administration company? The label was initially handling that all for me. And so until I ended up a little while later, releasing an album on my own, it was not under their label they were handling everything for me. But then when I finally did release my next album all on my own, then I had to learn how to get the songs registered with my PRO and with song trust for global publishing admin and sound exchange for master and featured artist royalties and all those different pieces are things I discovered over the years as I learned how to receive royalties and revenue as an independent artist. 
Okay. And, that, and that's what, that's it right there. That's the juicy stuff because that's where you're actually, and for those listening who aren't familiar with all of these different terms and organizations, that's where a lot of your income will come from. Okay. Not in the beginning though. And that's the mm -hmm. tough part, especially when you're self-published, you're not going to see money for nine months if you're lucky, but usually 12, 18, 24 months it'll take for all of that money to go through its filtration process. Yeah, so true. <laughs> okay, so- You have to be so, prepared for that long haul for sure. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. So you got out of the publishing contract with them. Now you kept all of the, the body of work that you did with them. It's still under their catalog or did you get- Correct. Okay, you're starting fresh now. Yes. Okay. Yes. So which PRO did you go with? I'm with ASCAP. Okay. And you created your own publishing company and you signed up as a writer as well. Yes. Yeah. I have my own publishing company called Starboard Stride that is with ASCAP as well. Okay. Super important for those listening. You have to really understand. And Charlene does a great breakdown of the pie, as it were. Very important to, to learn this stuff, folks. Okay. So then let's talk about this. Again, you're down. You're like, oh, shoot, man. This is it's a bummer, but you're going to, you decided. You're going to ride that momentum mm -hmm. wave. Did mm -hmm. you reach out to people, venues, managers, organizations to get booked? Because there's a whole little nuance to that as well. No, it's so true. Really believe in relationships, right? So it's all about investing in relationships, getting to know people. So I've developed a pretty big network of people I know through many years, whether they're musicians themselves, maybe they work at churches themselves and they do music for different churches or whatever it might be. So I've invested in going to retreats and events and you meet other songwriters and you meet other professionals. And a lot of that really happened relationally, which is that like tough love answer that no one really wants to hear is that there's no like fast, easy or shortcut way. Like it really takes that thinking about the long-term investment in your career and getting to know people and building your network and relationships. So a lot of my gigs came because of the relationship. I reached out, Hey Ryan, my buddy who, you know, I know he works at a church in Colorado and I know they do a youth event every summer. Hey, would you want to have me come lead worship for your big summer retreat? I'd reach out and Hey, I have an album coming out. Here's some of the music on it. Maybe it would work for your community. So a lot of that was just like one-on-one -on -one through personal outreach. This is so important as an independent artist, because you said two magic words, you said relationships and you said investment, right? So yeah. everybody always th talks about ROI. What's the return on investment, but really you have to have a relationship with full different teas be before you can even get to the return. Right. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, you have to be willing to invest in yourself. So it's mm -hmm. this double-edged approach, double-pronged approach. What if, let's just say, what if somebody isn't really good at socializing and they're not mm -hmm. really, maybe they're a little unsure. Even like yourself, you said yourself when you were on stage as a teenager or early twenties, you were a little awkward. You didn't know what, any advice for that type of characteristic? Yeah. Anytime I'm reaching out to someone and like offering to do music for them, whether it's a gig at a coffee house or a club, a bar, a church, it doesn't matter the venue. I always have the mindset of how can I serve their needs, right? So they're a client who runs a venue or they're a leader who runs 
runs a church ministry and how can I serve their needs rather than can I come and pitch my music or sing my music in front of your crowd? It's, Hey, do you have any dates coming up that you're trying to fill? Do you have, do you need an opener for any upcoming shows? Do you need a worship leader for an upcoming conference? How can I serve you a year from now? Do you have a plan for what you're doing for Easter next year? Trying to like go in even way ahead of the game and be like, how can I fill an upcoming need and try to have that mind of service, especially as a newbie. I'm always, even if it's someone I've never met before, that's usually my first question is like, how can I, how can I serve? How can I help? Where can I fill a need? I love that. Again, you're hitting all the right strides here. You're talking about service versus needing or wanting. And so many people approach it like, Hey, can, you know, can I come and play? Will you hire me? No. How can I serve you? You have to reframe it. Okay. So now, so we covered the fact that you went a label, to no label, covered the fact that you went from publishing company to your own publishing, covered the fact that you went from having people book you to booking yourself. What else are we talking about here? Now you mentioned merch earlier. That's a little thing that makes Mm -hmm. big difference on the bottom line if you do it right. Yeah. And you mentioned that before we had, what do you call inventory on demand, right? Mm -hmm. And have back then. So how did you finesse that aspect? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No, it's definitely like a little bit of a risk. Like you just have to go, okay, like what, again, I'm thinking about who are the people who come to my events and what kind of items might they be interested in? Mel, this is still back in the day of having CDs for sale at the table. So mind you, I did really well in CD sales. I do sometimes miss the day of CD sales, right? It did very much, you know, as far as funding a lot of those tours, it was just like if I sold a hundred CDs at a show, that's a good amount of money at $15 a pop. So I I was well, hold doing on. Well. Hold on. Let's park yeah. there for a second because people have to understand that. So when you sell a hundred CDs as a label, as signed to a label, an artist signed to a label, the mm. actual amount of money that you get from those CDs is very mm. minuscule. In yes. fact, oftentimes, if you want to sell CDs as a signed artist at shows, you have to buy your own CDs from the labels, from the manufacturing (laughs) distributor, and you have to sell them. So if you sell a CD for $20, let's just say, you might have to buy that CD for $16. Like the margin is so small. However, what you did is brilliant because now you pressed up these CDs on your own. I did. Back then I was using disc makers or CD yep, baby, CD. You know, I both of them at one point or the other. Yeah. And yeah, so it might be where I'd press a thousand at a time and end up paying maybe $2-ish per. And But then if I'm selling them a 15 song album and I'm selling it for 15 bucks, most people didn't blink and they would spend 15 bucks. So you're looking at $13 profit per $15 profit. And you own the masters to all these recordings, right? Correct. Yeah. So you own the masters, you own the publishing, you're mm-hmm. the writer. You get where I'm, you get where I'm going with this listeners. This is mm-hmm. so important to, this is how she got to the point of releasing music like a pro. So it's so imperative that you understand this. I'm excited to hear more about that. So you, if you sold a hundred CDs, like you said, that's 
There were some shows and I got some larger events where there may be 5,000 people and I might sell a hundred CDs at an event like that. That's a handsome little profit aside Mm -hmm. from what you're getting paid to perform, right? Yeah. There was usually also an honorarium or some sort of financial agreement for me to come and do that event. If I mean, to have have a contract ahead of time, always in writing, always facts, always signatures. Facts are very important. When you're an independent artist, you got to protect yourself. That's right. Now, now we're talking about, so we covered four elements. Merch, I guess, was part of the four. Now five, we're talking about legal negotiation, Mm -hmm. travel logistics, and backstage writers. So tell us how you approach that. Yeah. beauty is that a lot of the, the venues that I did were, like I say, churches or schools where they already had equipment. So a lot of times it's like me, I get to show up with my guitar and plug into a scene they already have. So it wasn't typically having to bring my own system. Some smaller venues, I did have my own portable system I would bring. But typically I'm just putting in my writer, hey, I need a mic on a boom stand and a DI and a quarter inch cable and I can plug in my stuff and I'm ready to go. So I tried to keep it lean and simple, especially because sometimes I was on the road by myself. So Sometimes I had the benefit of being able to take a band. Sometimes I'm going in and I'm using a band. So it just, I try to keep it really fluid and flexible. So I wasn't stuck on having to pay a five piece band for every single gig I did, but I could sometimes go in as a solo artist and just play by myself or go in, like I said, and use like a house band and rehearse the house band to play with me or something to that effect. Nice. Now, how did you deal with travel and lodging? Was that part of your contractual agreement? Yes, typically. Now, sometimes when planning a tour, let's say I I know that I'm going to be doing like a West Coast tour. So if I already was going to be in the area, sometimes I'm reaching out to a venue and saying, hey, I'm going to be in your area. I have a free date. Would it serve you to have me come do an event that night? So sometimes I already had it covered by something else. But if not, yeah, I'm making sure that I'm not paying for travel out of pocket. If someone's bringing me for an event, the expectation would be in the crack would be either a flight and lodging or gas money to drive there or the arrangement might be. Okay, great. Look, that's just five areas that we covered from going from a signed (laughs) artist to an indie artist. And to be honest with you, we don't have time to cover all of them because there's so many little elements, right? So so at this point, you must have felt some sense of fulfillment and personal fulfillment, Mm -hmm. creative fulfillment, and even a little bit of pride. Like, wow, I did it. I really did it. So talk about that at that when you once you hit your little groove on your own. Yeah, I think I really did think, wow, I can do this. I did do this. Look at what I felt. And I was able to do my own website. And I had video vlogs I was doing back then of like my tours. I do videos of my tours and have behind the scenes videos. I would do song tutorial videos. I was doing a lot on YouTube, just using every avenue that I could as an independent artist. I was blogging back when blogs were the hot topic. I'm like, I just was really engaged with my audience. It was very open with my life. And I think that's what it drew my fans to me it was I was like even when I was going through my divorce I was really honest about it and I shared with my fans what I was going through and honestly that community of people around me a lot of my fans have stuck with me through decades and are still fan funding the music that I do so that's pretty awesome and pretty amazing and pretty encouraging as an artist I could get emotional even as I talk about my fans when I think about people who've really invested in me over the years and stuck with me through the years so it's pretty awesome that's huge that's so important when you talk about the fans the connection there is the sincere vulnerability and i think and so now people can relate and they become more than a fan they become a friend they become Mm. part of your family part of your community right yeah for sure 
Absolutely. Then, then as if life didn't throw enough punches because that's what life does, right? And we have to <laughs> overcome pandemic hit. So all of your live performance gigs were pulled out from under you. So how did you pivot? Yeah, I pivoted in several different ways because I definitely, when else when the pandemic hit and we're all at home making our sourdough bread or whatever, like trying to figure out how to kind of use this weird, crazy time in life. I had a few dreams percolating that I just had been so busy. I hadn't had time to pursue. So I was like, I'm going to use this time to pursue some of my dreams. So three of those dreams were, I want to start a podcast, which I did. So I launched a podcast in 2020 called, have you seen me now? And it's about how it's never too late to reinvent yourself. And that's really thing that I've been doing. My second dream was I really wanted to start pitching my music for placements in TV ads and film and get into the whole world of sync licensing. So I took a couple different six month courses and I really invested in myself and I started recording with that clientele in mind. Again, how can I serve music supervisors? How can I serve a, a network executive at ABC and thinking like a song? songwriter and writing for that. So I started to pursue that during the pandemic. And then I also have always loved others. And that has looked over the years, guitar lessons, piano lessons, voice lessons. I've even taught flute over the years, but it just has pivoted even into other artists, helping them develop their own brands, helping them figure out how to launch a career, really taking a step-by-step -step system that I created myself with each launch that I did of an album. Like, okay, I had my own check list of make sure I do all these things every time I release a single that I was now able to pass on to help artists have a step-by-step -step guide for their next single. I love that. That's brilliant. Okay. And you accomplished all three. So what are your, what are release music like a pro is the artist coaching. Yes. And the podcast is, have you seen me now? Or? Correct. Yes. And then what else? Yeah. And with all the sync licensing over the last couple of years, I've been able to get my song signed with about eight different publishing libraries that are currently pitching my songs for some placements. I had a song picked up by Universal a couple of weeks ago. And so, yeah, just forging ahead with that dream of continuing to have some music out there and TV ads. Are so I always like to say that the dreams are the fuel for our goals, right? Mm. You have to have a dream. So I love how you just illustrated that you had three dreams and you're like, Hey, I got, they tell the news is saying we have two weeks. We started in <laughs> two years. So you took those three dreams and started chipping away and you made them happen. So kudos. And that's what it takes. So it's all about action, actionable steps, action items and being organized. And then I always say consistency, of course, is the key, but you can't get to consistency without discipline. So yeah. talk about that because it was it's easy to just make sourdough bread bake cookies and be like, screw it. I'm on the couch, Netflix and all day. So how did you overcome that, those little gremlins and actually start sitting down at desk and putting in? Yeah. Some of it may be how I'm wired and that I tend to like, when I'm feeling a lot of prayer in my life, I usually look for a creative outlet to vent the steam speak. Right. So for me, honestly, starting a podcast was somewhat therapeutic. And also I knew that it would help others by me, like sharing my truths of how how I've pivoted so many times in my life. And, and then I started bringing other guests on that would talk about, like I had a, a gal come on who used to be an engineer, like working for an auto company, but she wasn't happy in it. What she dreamed of was being actually a wedding photographer. So she totally pivoted her whole life and she's doing that now full time and she loves it and she's fulfilling her passion. And so just talking to people like 
that who maybe you're listening right now and you're really unsatisfied with your current job, your current life, however your life is structured. It is possible to make tiny changes each day to work towards your dreams, but you just have to be willing to take those tiny baby steps. So when it comes to starting a podcast, really, it's like you just you got to record an episode. So I started with one episode and I was like, I don't know if there's going to be more, but we're going to try one and we're going to see how it goes and see how people respond. And I think it was the same with, okay, I'm going to pitch one of my songs to one publishing library and see if they accept it. And if they don't accept that one, I'll pitch one more. And, and over time, it's like, oh, okay. All right. We got some interest. Okay. I'm hitting the target here. Now this song didn't do so well. Maybe I should try a different. So it's just constantly seeing what's working, throwing the spaghetti at the wall. And if it doesn't stick, you try again. And so I just have always had that very adventurous spirit to be like, let's just give it a try. What do I have to lose? Tenacity, proactiveness, and resilience. You can't give up. Yeah. You just have to keep going. I love it. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Sherilyn, for sharing all of that. Okay, so what is the future looking like for you? Where are you headed? And uh, people can get in touch with you on all the socials, obviously, and your website. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if there's any artists out there that are listening that you're like, oh, man, I've always dreamed of recording and releasing a single, but I'm stuck on the steps to know how. That's exactly why I formed Release Music Like a Pro. It's a 12-week camp experience where we get to walk through it virtually online together. It's super fun. You get to meet other songwriters just like you. You end up with this whole really cool community to walk through the process together. And I give you a step-by-step guide that has been created through my 25 years in the music industry of figuring out the hard way, okay, what are the steps I need to take to really level up and launch my music when I release it. Maybe you have released some music, but it didn't launch as well. Maybe you feel like it fell. You know, maybe we can help you rebrand and launch the next single better. So I'm here to support you. If that's a dream of yours, I'd love to hear from you. So you can visit releasemusiclikeapro.com and you can even book a free 30 minute consultation with me. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. And I really appreciate you just having a great chat with me. And I love what you're doing at The Career Musician. I think it's awesome that you're teaching people what they can do to really like chase that dream of doing music full-time. So I am stoked to connect with you and with your audience. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.